Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Trudy Thomas. So first, let me thank you, Trudy, for joining us to share today to share your your background, your experiences, your thoughts on the industry, where it is now, where it's going to go, and where it was before we all got sidelined by COVID. Well, thank you for having me, Christy. It's so great to be on your podcast. Absolutely. Well, you're one of my uh, you're one of my people that before I ever knew you, I knew of you. Um, you were the beverage director of the Camelback Inn, I believe, right? I, I was the JW Marriott Camelback yeah. Inn for uh, five years. I, okay, yeah, I am. I'm an Arizona girl, and when we go home, we either stay at the Camelback Inn or we stay at the Wigwam, which is the resort in Litchfield Park where my parents live. Uh, where I was raised and where I cut my teeth in this business back in my teens and 20s. So I just, I, I love this because you were impacting all of my consumer decisions in your role with the Camelback Inn when I was a guest there for all of those years. So I, I'm so excited to like really like learn more about you because I've, I've known you for a long time, but I don't know your personal story and that's what this podcast is all about is sharing that the background of what makes me me for each of my guests right what makes Trudy Trudy so dive right in Uh, let's go tell us about yourself well I am a Kentucky girl I don't think that's a secret to a lot of people in the industry or out of the industry I am very proud to be from Kentucky my family has been there in some part uh, since Kentucky was a part of Virginia so being at home is very important to me. I have a sense of place. I, I need my feet on Kentucky soil um, or I feel like disconnected to the world. So I think being from Kentucky is just really a huge part of who I am and what gave me the ability to leave home, being one of the few people in my family to leave home and uh, head off to Chicago in this amazing career that I've had for the past 20 years. So what took you from Kentucky to Chicago? I mean, that's a big landscape change. That is a huge landscape change. (laughs) I was working in the industry. I was working for country clubs, and um, I just wanted to see what was more out there. It was very difficult at the time as a female to to get ahead in Kentucky. Uh, Luckily, things have changed over the past 20 years, but at the time, it was just very hard to uh, break it in the industry and really learn more. So I felt like I needed to go to a bigger city. And LA Mm -hmm. and uh, and Chicago were two of the places I was looking at, but I chose Chicago. And it was a brilliant choice. I mean, I couldn't have planned my career any better than moving to Chicago, not knowing a soul. Um, My first job Uh. there was um, the assistant general manager for the Saddle and Cycle Club which is one of the oldest private country clubs in the city, located right okay. on Lakeshore Drive. And it's um, kind of unique because it has its own ice rink and a um, tennis court and a three-hole golf course that can be played. Each hole can be played from each tee box three times. So it's, an, it's a, a nine-hole course right there off of Lakeshore Drive. That's a creative use of space. It is. I think uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the um, the uh, country club was there a lot before Lakeshore Drive because it. 
I saw pictures of the beach uh, off of. So, um, but um, interesting. Within fourteen. But what made you? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to ask you what made you choose Chicago. I had been there a few times, um, and just fell in love with the city. Um, you know, I was when I would go there, I would stay at the Drake and just have this big, beautiful view of the city and the people were so nice mm-hmm. and the restaurants were amazing. And I just felt like, you know, of all the places I've been, this is somewhere I felt I could, you know, really learn the craft and um, mm-hmm. enjoy. And um, I moved Super Bowl Sunday in 2019. <laughs> nice. And it was snowing so bad there and so cold to unload the movie, man. It was crazy. I bet. And how old were you? Uh, I was 29. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So was that your first time leaving home? Yes. Well, you know, I graduated from the University of Kentucky. Um, I have a um, degree in speech therapy, of all things. Um, And other than going to college and living in Lexington, um, that was really my only time, you know, moving outside the state. Did you ever uh, pursue speech therapy? not at all. I went to school to be a xylophone player. I was in the marching band and the percussion line, and I just got a degree to, uh, you know, get a degree and keep my scholarship. Um, I spent I spent more time practicing. I was in the marching percussion ensemble and the marching band, and I spent more time doing that than I did studying. (laughs) Um, So, I think you might be the first xylophone player I've ever known. I wanted to play xylophone. That's a really unique character. Yeah, I wanted to play xylophone since I was nine years old, and I wanted to be in the University of Kentucky Marching Band. So I had a scholarship to George right. Washington University in international relations. And when I chose the University of Kentucky, I think my dad wanted to kill me. <laughs> That's awesome. But they're happy they now, are. right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is crazy. See, this is why I love doing this show because I've known you forever, but I never knew this. Well, like this is what this is what's so fascinating. Well, you know, being a xylophone player doesn't come up in casual conversation very often. So, right. <laughs> well, I mean, H E E. You should just bring a xylophone and play next to, to Philly Joel. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I, I, no, I, 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 I think xylophone's a little difficult to travel with maybe maybe because they always have a piano but the hotels don't often have that exactly. handy. <laughs> oh my gosh so how did how did you go from being a xylophone player in the marching band and studying speech therapy into beverage directing like what was the what was the trajectory in the path and what inspired you to just abandon preconceived notions of what your career looked like and go in this direction um, I knew I didn't want to be a speech therapist, but my father was really pressing me to finish up, get my master's and, and do my internship. And um, I just started bartending and got a job in uh, a nightclub and fell in love with the industry and fell in love with beverage in a way that just, I'd always grown up around um, alcohol spirits because my granddaddy made moonshine and homebrew, but um, it was in a dry county. So um, I just, I guess it was in my blood and then bartending, my first bartending job, it just, I knew that if I wasn't going to be a xylophone player and and the reason I stopped being a xylophone player was I fell off 
of one of our horses and broke my elbow. And my last year, I had to heat and ice my elbow so bad to play. It just was very painful. Oh, but man. I'm lucky. I, I got So you're a horse rider too? Oh, I love horses. <laughs> I, I'd rather be on the back of a horse than anything yeah. else. Well, I always see your pictures at the Derby, so I guess that just that just makes sense. Now I'm connecting okay. dots. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is super fun! So you just fell in love with bartending and the craft of yes, suffering. and I started right? meeting all the master distillers, and a lot of them took me under their wing, and even way before I moved to Chicago, and it just became a mission for me. When I moved to Chicago, I was on a self-appointed mission to convert the world to bourbon one person at a time. Because coming from Kentucky, everybody drinks bourbon. I get to Chicago and everything's vodka. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, let me help you. I did. (laughs) I started teaching bourbon classes to um, the teams at Dicka's and other restaurant groups. I was just volunteering to teach bourbon tastings. So uh, almost immediately getting there, I just started immersing myself into like the Gibson's group. And I started meeting everyone who owned restaurant groups in the city. And I was volunteering to teach bourbon classes. And nobody turns down free. No, especially not at that time. I mean, I would go into bars and you were lucky if they had three or four bourbons at the time. It was scotch and vodka. It was vodka, vodka, vodka. Interesting. So you taught those city slickers something about the Kentucky ways. Self-appointed mission, (laughs) one person at a time, I was converting people to bourbon. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, you should have been a bourbon ambassador. uh, You know, we've (laughs) talked about that, me and the master distillers, and it, it makes more sense to not work for one because I can educate on the entire category. And they are not competitive as their brands are. They'll all sit and drink each other's whiskeys and sit and bullshit with each other. They're just really good, good old boys, mm-hmm. good friends. And so their advice to me was don't work for one brand, Trudy. Teach it all. And so by doing that, yeah, they were able to take me to the distilleries. And I could walk in and out of any distillery and learn from each of the master distillers because I wasn't a competitor. So it just made more sense yeah. to, to just stay independent and that's how they gave me the daughter, the title First Daughter of Bourbon. I love it. So that's, um, that was uh, a title given to me by the late Lincoln Henderson. He uh, created Gentleman Jack and Woodford Reserve and Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. And, of course, founded Angel's Envy with his son and grandson before he died. So he was a huge mentor of mine. Wow. That's amazing. I'm loving all of this. Oh, my goodness. So let's fast forward to today. Obviously, you've cut your teeth in this business um, considerably. So you're very your skill set is admired by so many. Um, but if you weren't doing this, would you be a xylophone player? Or I can't what would imagine you do? not being in the hospitality industry in some way. I love creating new things, new cocktails, new concepts, and I love. Um, just seeing people enjoy their experiences. And I just can't imagine not doing this for the rest of my life. Um, At some point I want to um, maybe open my own bed and breakfast and have a bar in there that I can teach classes. But uh, yeah, I see myself doing this forever. 
Oh, that's a beautiful thing. That means you're definitely doing the right thing for sure. But I love that idea. I would be <laughs> one of your patrons if you opened a B&B. I would, I would, I think that's brilliant though. I, that's, uh, that would be such a full experience. I mean, that, that's, I well, like I've it. Thought I thought like about it, it a lot. You know, especially so, with things going on these days, you know, what is, what do I eventually oh, one day yeah. want to retire to do? And I either want to buy an old motel and put a food truck out there or do a B&B with a food truck and a training facility. That's, that sounds super cool. I like that plan. I like that plan. So tell us what you're doing uh, now. Right now, I am I'm still the director of beverage at Gaylord Opryland. I do have an exciting new gig in the horizon. Um, I'm going to be a director of operations for a concept co- group called Kennedy Concepts. I'll be overseeing um, four of their properties, uh, culinary and front of house teams, as well as helping them open a new property this summer a second property next summer and also uh, put in a ice rink and a, with a retractable roof in downtown Gatlinburg. So it's, it's going to be a lot nice. of fun. It's going to be um, the ability to just mentor and work with some amazing teams, both culinary in front of the house. And uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's a, it's a different step for me. I haven't done restaurants in over 12 years, so it'll be nice to, um, to really focus on restaurants again. That's exciting. And is there footprint all it is. around the Gatlinburg? Next location is being opened in West Knoxville. Okay. I'm I'm I'll admit I'm not terribly familiar with the geography. I've been to Knoxville once. Um my husband went to officer candidate school in Knoxville. Um and this was quite a long time ago. So I went for his graduation. And that is my only experience. Well it's Gatlinburg is right at the base of the smoky mountains and it's beautiful it's um i've got a cabin i'm moving oh, into wow. so I'm, I'm looking forward to it oh my gosh you should open a b&b in your cabin or an airbnb uh, Just it's not that big <laughs> no <laughs> oh i love it and you're gonna be really busy with your new yes, job it sounds I'm, like i'm too. super i'm just excited for the new challenge and I guess, you know, taking risk has always been something I've done and I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. Well, that resonates with me. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't taken risks. <laughs> it's all about just changing the scenery, changing the landscape and, you know, seeing yeah, think, what's next. Um, I've never set out to be in a certain area. I never said, <clears throat> I, you know, I want to live here. Uh but I've always, um, every time I've taken a risk, just tremendous things have happened. And I've met so many amazing people along the way. Yeah. Well, it's hard not to um, make a new friend in our business, too. I mean, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty social creatures. people. Yeah, social creatures. Nature. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So I'm wondering... Um, with all of these life experiences and career experiences and changes and not saying no to an opportunity, have you, have you dealt with a negative experience or time that has taught you something that's become a positive? And you hindsight? know, I skinned my knees as many times as I've climbed a ladder. So um, it's just, um, <laughs> I think every lesson, good or bad, puts you on a path you need to be. I can't think of one thing in particular, 
it's just learning. Lately, I've been working on emotional intelligence and, and really trying to get more focused on myself and how I deal with other people because I can be so headstrong and bullheaded sometimes. And my entire career, I think I've learned to kind of soften my edges and it's still a work in progress, trust me. But um, I think it is that (laughs) part of my personality that I'm getting to know and getting to understand, you know, when I did the DISC assessment, I'm I'm a high D and I'm like so high D that it's, it's pretty amazing because there's so few women that are that high D and just focused on results. So I think mm. doing the reflection and doing the work on the inside really helps you understand how you navigate your world. And I think that's been a life lesson for me is really, truly understanding who I am and how I respond to not just the environment, but to people and to situations. Has that been something that COVID has brought about more so, or is that just a, a path it's you've a been path walking I've been for walking, a while? I'd say all of my career, uh, but COVID, you know, gave a lot of us a lot of unplanned time off to really focus on things. And that was one of the mm-hmm. things I did do uh, with COVID and returning back to work in June gave me a really good chance to, you know, we weren't the big mega out of control freight train anymore and so I had time to work with HR and and some people on our team that that do this where I wouldn't have had a year ago when we were so busy well that's a that's a positive result of this very unpositive situation that we've all been facing for the past almost a year now um that's really cool. I'm glad that you had 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 the time and, and the resources to be able to do that, too, because a lot of folks in our industry have had a lot of time and no resources. So that's that's a big it, positive. It is. I'm you know, sure. I love Marriott. I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Marriott. And, you know, I was told uh, by someone in corporate one time that you're truly not a lifer with Marriott until you've left and come back three times. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. So they have a, they they have do. a big bounce uh, back rate. And it's huh? such a great company. It's just being it's a, hit so hard right now with COVID. I know. I know. Well, I've been a, I've been a Marriott girl forever. I'm, and I'm a Hilton girl too. Obviously. No offense. Um, but my witty girls are Hilton. Um, so we need to get some Marriott people in there to balance it. Um <laughs> but uh yeah this is it's just fascinating I'm loving all of this um so I'm wondering if you have any uh regrets that pop out in your head or if you have something that you would go back and change do differently or something that you would just you've learned from life experiences that you just wouldn't Um, do again in the future you know I would spend more time on personal and less on professional but I don't think I would really change anything. I've had such an amazing career. I've met some of my best friends are the six ladies that I hang out with when we're in conventions and stuff. They're just the best friends that you could ask for in the world. And none of that would be possible except for the path that I was on. And so if I have regrets, you know, being a workaholic and working 70 hours a week, uh, for 20 some years, but I, I wouldn't change a thing. 
I mean, to if you would have told me yeah. at 29 that I would be leaving Kentucky and training at Spago Beverly Hills to be the director of beverage for Wolfgang Puck Casual Dining, I would have said, shut up. No, no way. And that's exactly what have happened. 14 months yeah. to the day of moving to Chicago, I was training at Spago Beverly Hills sitting next to Wolfgang Puck in the wine room talking about a wine menu. Wow. Oh, what an experience. You have those moments in your career that really define your trajectory. And the five years I worked with him were priceless. That man was a constant teacher and mentor to me, constantly telling me how to incorporate elements he did in food into the cocktails and how to write a balanced wine list. And, um, you know, he was talking balanced craft cocktails when um, shots were martinis. Um, and he was, he just, yeah, working with him was amazing. And, um, visionary, you know, the only reason I left and I ended up closing a few restaurants for him was that, uh, he and his wife got divorced and he had to diversify half of his organization. But, um, yeah, that, that experience truly defined me as, as a national account director of beverage and introduced me to everyone uh, that I'm still friends with now. And you were young. You yes. were what, early thirties? Yep. yep. Wow. I I That's trained quite with the Michael job. Bonacorsi at Spago Beverly Hills, um, and he was one of the best master psalms to teach. He just had such an amazing palate, and I think it was his inspiration that got me judging at BTI in Chicago, and I started judging wine and spirits, and I've uh, you know now I have a certified spirits educator and. Uh, have a really good palate for uh, not just spirits, but for wine and beer too, to, um, to judge and train. Yeah. I'm jealous. Cause I, I don't, I don't know if I possess the palate that could be educated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's one of my downfalls um, or maybe, I don't know, one of the, the, the weak spots in my armor of my abilities. I admire it so much. Like I have, you know, we know all these people in our business that just are, they've mastered so much with regard to their palate and their ability to understand the nuances and, and the environments and everything that changes the spirit, the beer, the wine that we're tasting. I just don't think that I have that. And I'm not trying to self-deprecate. I'm just being honest. I admire this so much. If you're able to take what you're born with and develop it to the point when where I was, you can help educate others. When I was others. studying for my certified like, spirits huge. educators um, certificate from the Society of Wine Educators, my, my senses were so on point that if I had left a glass of wine in the living room, like with not poured out, my brain would be judging that glass another room away. I'd have to get up and pour the wine out and rinse it. Wow. Because my senses were just hyper aware because I was spending so much time practicing on the blind tasting. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Oh my gosh. I've, I've never heard that either from any of our friends in the business that are certified in one specific genre or another. I've never heard that, but that's just, it's awe inspiring to me, <laughs> to people like me, I'm sure. Um, but it, I, 
there's so much. I feel like we could talk for hours and I, I couldn't possibly get to the bottom of what makes Trudy Trudy. But um, I'm wondering, and this is my favorite question because it really gives a lot of insight into the person's character and, and spirit and being. But um, it's also an impossible question to answer. It's also impossible to get it wrong. Um, what would you want the listening audience to know that, about you? That I have, if I'm remembered for the passion I have for this industry, I think that would be, for me, a full circle. I just truly love this industry. I love the guests. I love the people in our industry. I love mentoring bartenders and servers. And, you know, that's what I want people to know about me is that I just have such a love and passion for all aspects of this industry. You know, I, I don't know how yeah. else to describe it. I get but, that. You know, this industry will take everything from you if you just don't have a passion for it. If you're struggling and, you know, yeah, it's true. It, but when you are inspired and you have great teams, it just doesn't feel like work at all. I agree a hundred percent. Cause I've been, I've been in the position in this industry where I've been like beaten beyond like recognition of myself. Like I'm so exhausted. I'm so overworked. I'm overstressed. And then there are other times, especially since I've been running my own company and following my passions to help others, I've noticed that there's, I have no burnout rate. Like I'll get tired or I'll have a bad day, but I don't burn out. I don't feel like I'm frazzled and just drowning. Um, and it's, it's that, that thing that enter the passion and the motivation and all of a sudden the work isn't work. And that's when you know it's, you're on the path thing you're beauty. supposed to be on. When those, when that happens, it just everything falls into place. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a it's a mixture, right, of environment, leadership. I mean, it's all the other things that go into it um, that make well, it sustainable. Well, and I would and say healthy. I've had but, so many amazing mentors from the bourbon distillers to Wolfgang Puck to three amazing bosses that I'm still friends with that just are there to help me talk through situations when I'm feeling disconnected that I'm just very blessed. And so I think that's part of why I want to mentor others and to give back to the industry because I've had so many amazing people that have helped me along the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Pay it forward, right? You remember those that did you well and then you want to amplify that for others. Exactly. Right? All ships rise on the yes. high tide. I think that's how it goes. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I know the gist of it, but I don't, I don't quote it properly. Um, so if people want to learn more about you, Trudy, and reach well, my you, personal email how do you want them to get Thomas.trudy at gmail.com. But I'm also on Twitter and uh, Instagram as intoxicating. And that's with an eight. I-N-T-O-X-I-C-8-I-N-G. Okay. So intoxicating. I will so be that sure is, to link um, that in the bio. The, I had a consulting company <laughs> for a little while, and that's what I, um, what my company was called. And I just keep it as my Instagram because I think it's very fitting. It is. I like it. It's very clever. I'm on board. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much, Trudy. This has been really fun and insightful. And I'm just so excited for this episode to air because I I feel like you're one of the people in our industry that you're like an unsung hero to some extent where you have this amazing ability and background and everybody knows you, but maybe they don't truly well, I, know you. you, you know, know? I've always enjoyed hanging out with you. I love the, the work you do with Witty and I'm happy to be a part of, um, you know, things uh, there. And you've always been an inspiration to me, especially when you started this company. So uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll put some time together to, to get you some, uh, uh blind tasting abilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mama needs help in that area for sure. Maybe we'll get you out to witty and, uh, get you to, to do like a, a seminar to teach us something. Cause it's all about education and furthering our abilities. So I am in. I, maybe that's something we do. All right. <laughs> I love it. We have a new witty woman. Yay. You heard it here first. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate the time, especially with you being in the middle of a move. Um, but it, it means a lot to me. Well, and thank I'm, I'm you. grateful and, to have you uh, as a guest on the program. Looking forward to seeing you at our next conference because we will travel again. Exactly, <laughs> right? This is not how the story ends. Well, thank you. And <laughs> thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream. <laughs>